cool, man. Um, Adam, we're going to go on to the next um one that we've got. Um, and again, in no particular order, but this is just some of the things that they've um let us know. And shout out to all of those people that got involved in this. Actually, some here are quite personal um as well, but deep, but just part of real life, man. So um, the next one we've got, Jacks um here is divorce. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance related and all things related to finance. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yes, 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 Peter. I'm doing very well. Uh, we're now in the month of February already. Hmm. So that's January gone. Can you believe it? Um, just like that. Just like that. So yeah, I mean, things are going well. Uh, February is the month of love, they say. So my <laughs> wife has already asked me a few times, what are we doing for Valentine's Day? Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah. You know what you're doing, bro. <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We'll make I mean, sure this episode gets released later and after the fact. <laughs> I think that would be very strategic. <laughs> come on, yeah, come I'm doing what well, I'm hiding. Yeah, I'm all right, my bro. As you said, one month just gone already. It feels like yesterday that we were shooting episodes preparing for the new year 2024 so we're ready here um how's everyone hopefully everyone that's had their financial goals and just goals for the year um set back in december they're still on it four weeks is gone um that's yeah. probably a question and a challenge to our listeners are you still on your financial goals um, and not just financial goals but personal goals as well um i'm pleased to say i reckon i am um yeah. still ticking a few boxes and reviewing as we speak as well man well i think we need to do an episode on that actually i think we need to do an episode uh probably in march because we already have uh the topics for february but let's mm. let's look at you know talking about whether we are still you know, especially on the financial side, because this is a finance podcast, um, whether we are still sticking to our financial goals, because there is a saying, but generally, that uh, the New Year's resolutions only last up to the 17th of January. So hmm. <laughs> let's let's see if, if our New Year's resolutions um, are still intact uh, by, by the beginning of March. Come on, let's do that, man. Definitely. Um, and yeah, just a massive shout out to our listeners wherever you are in the world. Today, actually, uh, we're going to be, this episode is going to be reflecting on actually hearing from some of you listeners in, in recent times. Um, And Jack, you can give a bit of context to this, but because I know you put this out there as well, but you literally asked the question out, um, asking people what were some of their financial regrets in particular, asking people what were their financial regrets particularly in their 30s or around that age and um, yeah. range as well and um Jax we're just gonna walk through some of what people have been uh, telling us but yeah any further context to that as well because that's such an exciting question which hopefully not just young people not just people in their 30s but even older and um, people older than that can learn from well yeah absolutely so um it's a question that I, I did ask uh, my audience and some of the listeners on the walk finance podcast and essentially, when we talk about people uh, making mistakes in their 30s, we're talking about people that are in their 30s that talk about some of the financial regrets they've made throughout their life. So it's not necessarily mistakes they've made in their 30s, but these people just tend to be in their 30s and talk about some of the financial mistakes that um, they made or some of the regrets that they have. 
So this could be from when they were 20, 16, 18, 20, whatever, um, or even, you know, um, in their 30s as well. So any regrets they've made? Artskin, 30-year-olds, any regrets that they've had as well? And Jax, we're going to touch on um, some things that have come back, and some some of these are deep, man, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and then some of them are things like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. I've definitely fallen for that one as well. Um, yeah. The first one I'm going to touch on is not starting earlier. Mm. And, and before I even, you know, uh, share my viewpoint on this, I think it's worth telling the listeners that, look, those we are talking about... Uh, financial regrets it's not it's not a doom and gloom episode i think this is one of those things that we can all learn from um we say prevention is better than a cure and you know when we when we hear about some of the regrets well i mean peter you tell me but i don't necessarily live a life of regret mm. um, i think i live a life of lessons mm. um and so yes any mistakes that we've made or even i've seen other people make i tend to try and learn from them and i think that's where our listeners can get a lot of value from today in terms of just understanding some of the you know mistakes and regrets that some people have and how we can avoid it or learn from it absolutely man and it's all part of the journey man it's things yeah. we got we don't obviously want to willingly walk into some of these regrets or mistakes or people might call it failures but we have to embrace it if it's happened to us it's part of our growth and our learnings as well and the more we as you know even me and you Jax, as we've been progressing on our personal finance journey you know we always seeking support and guidance from others as well so we can learn from where they did things wrong or what they regret and it's been so helpful but no man it's definitely not a doom and gloom episode it's hopefully one of those ones where we can reflect um and hopefully um help everyone else involved in this uh journey as well yeah so so um you said your first one was uh people not starting earlier and essentially yeah what, what they were talking about is kind of going on a personal finance journey. That's what mm. me and yourself, Peter, that's what we call it. Just going on a journey where we are, are more conscious about our financial, uh, you know, our finances and making intentional decisions to, you know, secure our financial future and, and achieve some sort of financial peace and ultimately financial independence. And I think um, this is quite common. I think I've heard this from every single person who is actually currently on a journey to you know sort out their finances that they wish they started earlier because they experienced the benefits and, and they know that if they started earlier they could have experienced those benefits earlier right mm. um, and i think the obvious one as well is um, when you finally you know really understand the concept of compounding hmm. um, and what it can really do for you and why albert einstein calls it the eighth wonder of the world um, you understand that time is a huge component of growing any form of investment portfolio or, you know, growing anything really, trying to do the best in anything requires a level of compounding consistency. And so, yeah, when you realize that, hey, you know, if I started earlier, I might have double what I have now, or you start to see, you know, some of the uh, mistakes that you've made and, and how you could have easily stopped it if you started earlier. It's crazy, right? Because, you know, when people are always looking at, I don't know, compound interest calculators. We put in figures of like, we put in a time horizon of 
okay, if I save, let's say, £500 a month or £300 a month for the next 20 years, this is how much I ha I would have. And in our head, we're thinking 20 years is quite long. But guess what? Our 20s, being in our 20s goes so quickly. So by the time you're in your 30s, it's like, okay, I've got six, seven more years to go. I'm getting yeah. there and I've been doing this consistently. I am actually going to see a decent amount by the time I'm 40. Um, So I, I definitely get that in terms of just starting earlier, man. Yeah. And look, again, if you, if you look at the formula, someone who starts uh, investing and growing their wealth at the age of 20 um, doesn't need to do as much work as someone who is mm. starting in their 40s, mm. even though the person starting in their 40s uh, may be able to save and invest double the amount of that person who is in their 20s or started in their 20s. Um, that person actually can't catch up. To the person who started in the twenties, and such is the power of compounding, and such is the power of the time element of compounding. So I think, yeah, you know, we we all, no matter no matter whether you started your when you were twenty five, whether you started when you were in your thirties, even when you start at the age of eighteen, you still wish you started earlier, right? Exactly. You always, exactly. And and I, I personally think don't want to deviate too much, but I I, I really believe that uh, we should all have started from the day we were born. Um, and what I mean by that is our parents should, um, and, and us as parents, as, as we do become parents, should really start building some sort of economic base for our, mm. our children from the day they're born to really get that compounding machine kicked off straight away. Hmm. No, I, I love that. Um, and Jax, you know, this perfectly speaks to why we started Woke Finance. Um, Absolutely. And for anyone that's tuning in for the very first time and they have no idea who we are, um, we we are based here in the UK and, you know, predominantly what the reason why Woke Finance exists is because we um, essentially deliver personal finance education to young people. We saw that, you know, us growing up and young people that we speak to, personal finance um, education is not introduced into the lives of young people in the home and sadly in a lot of schools as well. And that's why we started Work Finance, so people can think about starting earlier as well. Absolutely. Hmm. And uh, you spoke about, um, I guess, the gen starting from early generations um generational wealth and things like that even if you know people who are parents or going to be parents and thinking about putting the things in place for their um young people we did have an episode um, and i'll give a shout out to that episode once i get up but it was around building generational wealth i definitely encourage our listeners to have a um yeah listen, that one yeah, as well. yeah because you know and, and i think the people that say that they wish they started earlier it's because they didn't understand that you don't need a lot of money to start Mm. um you know when you when, if you can save 50 pounds or 50 dollars a month and that's all you can save it actually goes a long way when you you know introduce the concept of compounding so mm. yeah it, sometimes it is that lack of education and not knowing that you can actually start with little sums of money and little sums of money invested over a long period of time actually amasses to a big amount mm. absolutely absolutely Cool, man. Um, all right, then we're going to go on to the next um, one that we've got. Um, and again, in no particular order, but this is just some of the things that they've um, let us know. And shout out to all of those people that got involved in this, actually. Some here are quite personal um, as well, but deep, but just part of real life, man. So um, the next one we've got, Jax, um, here is divorce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you can find someone who, you know, doesn't regret divorce or i mean i mean you will find some people that think there was a good thing hence why it happened but of course you know a breakup is is a terrible thing mm. um it's it's painful 
um, and that's on the emotional side and the well-being side. But of course, it has financial implications as well. Mm. Um, and one of those um, implications is when you lose another source of income that could have been coming into your joint enterprise, which is your family enterprise, that's what I call mm. it, right? So, you know, if you've bought a house together um, and you've got two incomes, one person, you know, could help pay out the mortgage, another person could help out the bills. And then when you, you know, unfortunately go through a breakup, then, you know, of course it becomes very difficult because you have to discuss how to uh, sell the house, for example. Um, and of course, in your personal finances, um, you lose out on on someone else's um contributions, and that that can be very hard and very painful, mm. and it's it's even harder when 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 you have children. So, mm. a very deep one. Um, and I, we don't wish that on no one. We we mm. we we are strong believers of love and and marriage, and we believe the moment you get married, that should last until death do us part. So mm. it's it is a sad one. It is deep because also when you obviously get married, a lot of uh, married couples will plan their finances and future finances um, together. So for the next five, 10, whatever years, well, and that will involve that might involve, you know, um, accumulating assets together, all of that jazz. So I can and also, you know, in, in couples, one might be financially dependent on the other, all of that jazz. So I can imagine the financial strain that could have as well. So yeah, I definitely um hear and understand that one, man. Yeah, it, it was a deeper one when I, when I saw the response. Mm. Uh, you can see it was it was quite painful for uh, the person who who responded to the the post. Mm. Now, nah, man, deep man. But as we were saying, you know, every, most areas of life involves um finance in some level as well. So that was a shout out to the person that uh, brought that up as well, man. Um, really good to touch on that. Um, Jax, I did mention for the first one we mentioned around the episode on generational wealth. And for our listeners, um, if you want to listen to that episode on generational wealth, we had an author called Chantel um, Naomi Bankole. Um, I might have butchered her surname, but... It's Naomi. Well, you butcher everybody, sir. Yeah, I do. I do. So <laughs> forgive me, Shanta, if you're listening. But she's got a lovely book on generational wealth um, for um, young kids and for parents to understand how they can um, set things in place financially for their kids. So definitely check out that episode. It was episode eight, part one, um, episode eight, generational wealth. So do check out that episode. Now, but Jack, swiftly moving on to the next one. Ooh, this is a big one because I'm sure we've all fallen victim of this in some way shape or form but joining a ponzi scheme uh <laughs> i definitely fall a victim to that one man. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean uh you know what it's one of those ones where when you get involved in something and it might not be called a ponzi scheme um and you just get involved you're young you're thinking oh it's another way to make some extra money and all yeah. of that jazz yeah. um but you know you go through them yeah, I mean, it's called a Ponzi scheme because you never know it's a Ponzi scheme until mm. <laughs> later on. Uh, it's, 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 it's a shot. So, yeah, it, it catches a lot of people out because of how it's packaged mm. and how it's sold. It's sold as a positive thing. It's, it's very heavily advertised um, and, and it's attractive. You know, it's attractive to a lot of people who are struggling financially. It's attractive to people who want to make money quickly um and so yes it's it's one of those things that captures or, or hurts a lot of people um because the person who gets hurt the most is the last person who joins and unfortunately when that person realizes the situation they find themselves in often to kind of solve that problem they bring on you know what they call the next the next fall which is the next person who's going to join the scheme right Literally. so 
And I think what's really frustrating about this and why we talk about it um, and why we make our young people very aware of Ponzi schemes is because they do target young people as well. Mm. Um, I've actually seen this firsthand um, when I was uh, at one of my mate's offices and next door I can hear some motivational speaking yeah. and some shouting yeah. and yeah. I was thinking, oh, this sounds rather interesting. Maybe there's a, uh, a motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely believe it was interesting um, yeah. initially. So I, I went over to the next room to have a listen um, as to who was speaking and what he was speaking about. And then, of course, at that time, I was a bit more knowledgeable. So I recognized very quickly that this uh, Forex trading uh, course or so on and so forth that he, he was selling uh, was actually, in fact, a Ponzi scheme. Mm. Um, and for the young people listening to this or anyone listening to this, actually, if you want to recognize a Ponzi scheme very quickly, chances are they are selling something that, you know, probably has no value. Mm. um and or, or or basically sounds very interesting so they could be selling anything really and truly but the chances are you have to pay a subscription to even join the scheme and then if you realize or if you are told that in order to make money from this scheme you have to bring people on board mm. the chances are you may be uh joining a, a policy scheme now it does follow a business model that's quite popular called multi-level marketing i believe mlm mlm which generally when you when you think about the business model it's not a bad model at all it's and actually, it's not illegal and it's not illegal yeah. it's actually perfectly fine however because of how it's structured it's quite attractive it's an attractive way to really uh scam people by mm. actually yeah advertising and, and bringing people on board and, and basically just taking people's money so yeah i mean it captures a lot of people so i'm not surprised that you caught even the great peter Listen, man, I was young. I was young and naive once, and and also absence of the right guidance. I think they're very. You gotta remember, there's a reason why when you walked past that room in in an office, you were talking about yeah. it was filled with people, and you will look in the room and you will see people, you know, dressed in suits and all of that stuff. Yes, they're all yes. there, but the people that are delivering these courses that you know they are extremely skilled at marketing yeah. and making you feel like oh okay i'm a go get i'm setting up my i'm making my own money my own yeah. way i'm an entrepreneur I'm setting up, yeah. 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 all of that so and they know how to tap into that emotion and desire you know our desire um when we again i was for me i felt it's when you have a lack of guidance and um in some cases even identity i don't want to get too deep on that but <laughs> um they know how to tap into that so for me and you know we always say to our young people um please as great as it all is packaged avoid such nonsense absolute nonsense and often they are overdressed that's where once that's when we are catch them way too overdressed with three piece suits and pocket yeah, squares. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Um, and and often, um, and you know, Peter, my, my wife was actually telling me about um her experience, so she nearly got caught. You know, uh, one of her friends invited her to to come and have a listen, and she said mm. to me when she was there, this was before we got married, because she mm. wouldn't be introducing to such nonsense if I was around. <laughs> <laughs> But she said she she just knew it didn't feel right, and mm. and she felt quite pressurized mm. into actually joining the scheme. And I think that's one of the ways you can pick up a a, a dodgy scheme when you're mm. feeling pressurized to actually buy it that day. Hmm. Yeah, can I've I've seen cases where it can feel quite cultish. 
um, yes. where people are literally getting their family members, friends involved and just, yeah, really got like that proper pressure. And it's like, yeah, something in your heart just doesn't sit right. And nine times out of 10, it feels too good to be true. Um, so nah, man, that's a big one though. And yeah. I think, you know, um, for the person that shared this, shout out to them. It's yeah. an experience. Everyone in there it, it, at some stage in life will be exposed to it. It's about if you get on board with it. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. And as I said, stay away from it and check your desire for money, man. Money's not your God like that. But anyway, Absolutely. let's keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is how i oh this is deep yo this is the i hope couples married couples are not listening to this because one <laughs> one person is going to be side-eyeing the other but anyway how much i spent on my wedding Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i actually responded back to this person mm. um and i was just saying yeah you know weddings are expensive and it's, it's not it's not it's not easy um and actually she said um, you know, she's been married for about a decade now and she has not saved the money that she had spent on the wedding. I'm going to explain oh. what that means. It means if she had spent £40,000, her and her mm. husband spent £40,000, 10 years later, mm. they have not managed to save £40,000. Whoa. You That's know. deep for so many reasons. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you'd be surprised how real that is. Mm. And and Peter, that's real because life happens, mm. right? You know they have children, right? They 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 have a mortgage, mm. so they're not able to save as much as they probably were able to before they got married. Hmm. And 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 I think sometimes just that reality should really open the eyes of people as to how much they're spending on their wedding. Now we mm. don't think it's, and I mean personal finance is personal. You can spend as much as you want. Mm. Um, it really comes down to you, the individuals, but. I think there is something about understanding the cost of weddings and what it could mean for your future financial planning, mm. um, especially in our community, our demographic, where nowadays we have more than one wedding. Mm. You know, um, I'm, I'm of Ghanaian descent. And uh, when I got married, we had a traditional wedding, really. Some people call it a traditional engagement. Really and truly, it is a traditional wedding. Um, but then we also had a church wedding. Mm. So technically, we got married twice, mm. <laughs> right? Um, and, and, and it was costly. Um, now to be honest, I was in a financial position to cover those costs and, you know, we've, we've already recovered some of those costs, but for me, it was still expensive. Mm. Right. And so when I think about the average person, um, spending, you know, 40 K on, on, on a wedding and also thinking about the statistics about, you know, how the average family and what they have saved, we know in the UK, the average person hasn't got a thousand pounds saved. Hmm. So if you're able to save and you go up to 40,000 pounds to spend it on a day can be quite, can be quite, uh, hey, hey, don't be yeah. the whole day. You're, you're triggering. So yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it can be quite, let me use the right word. It can be quite, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Peter? It can be, I was going to say irresponsible, but I, I don't yeah. want people to cancel me. <laughs> Are you mad? This is our podcast. It's say our the podcast. Word, bro. It can be irresponsible. Irresponsible. <laughs> it can be irresponsible if you're spending a very high proportion of your savings on something yeah. that is just for one day. Mm. Um, I personally believe there are other things that you would want to do with that money that can really set you and your family up for the future. Opportunity cost, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised, and and I no, wonder no how many people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, Peter, I wonder how many people do regret how uh, much they spent 
um, on their wedding day. And I, and I know couples, Peter, who uh, done a traditional wedding or traditional engagement mm. with the intention of doing a wedding, like a church wedding, either mm. abroad the next, the next year mm. um, or in a few months' time. And actually what happens is once they actually get married and live together, they realise there's absolutely no need <laughs> to do the church wedding. And they end up saving tens of thousands of pounds. Um, and that money could be... Yeah, that, that money could be used as a deposit for a property. Mm. That money could be used to pay down part of the mortgage of the property if you already have one. It can be used to set up some sort of financial foundation for your, you and your children going forward because mm. those nursery fees are expensive. So, hmm. yeah, I'm not surprised that some people will, will regret how much they spent on their wedding. No, absolutely. I mean, even some people could be in their 40s still paying off um, if they took out loans to cover those weddings because obviously not everyone just has 40k or 20 or whatever 30k just sitting in the bank I, I was about to say I've never actually considered that and I won't be surprised mm. actually if this person that posted this may, may have actually taken out a loan um, mm. maybe well, it's, that, it, yeah. it, it, it's arguable because if, you, if you're not able to save how much you spend on the wedding after a decade or so how would yeah. you be able to amass that amount before um, I appreciate life gets difficult after, but still there's two people. So, um, and I, you know, I know people that spent years and into the decades paying off um, that as well. And again, opportunity costs. Like every, it's your own personal finance journey and what works for you. But as you just said, Jets, can you spend some of that money in a different, um, in a different avenue, in a better way? Um, but shout actually on two of our episodes, episode 49 and episode 54, um so episode 49 is called preparing financially for a wedding part one and then 54 was um part two and that's where we had um a couple of our guys who've been married in the last decade just share and um, break down actually how much you know their wedding cost and how much they went about preparing for it from day one of engagement to the wedding and slightly after the wedding that like honeymoon and stuff so for anyone thinking about weddings and that's on your horizon definitely check out those episodes man it's quite deep and authentic and give some numbers yeah as well, man. very authentic and very transparent um and i remember during that episode i was actually uh a single man well not you, single in the sense that i wasn't married but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was very interesting to take some notes and yeah it definitely allowed me to make some savings etc etc <laughs> love it love it love it cool the next one is um not spending enough on myself yeah i, I love this one mm. i love this one uh because it's a bit different from the others mm. uh, and it's it's something that i think i normally get this kind of response or i expect to get this sort of response from someone much older mm. um because it's one of those ones where if you are a natural saver um Often, if you're someone who grew up in a in a in a in a house of scarcity, one of the responses to that scarcity household or that lack mindset household is to hoard money mm. and not to use money uh, effectively and efficiently to do things. And 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 so you might you know end up on your on your deathbed one day and realize actually I didn't spend money on myself. Mm. And I just saved and saved and saved. So I was surprised to hear this from a, someone in their thirties who already re regrets that. Hmm. which means probably in their 20s, they, they probably didn't spend as much as they possibly could on themselves. Hmm. I guess we didn't get, go into details to as to what the person actually meant by, you know, spending on themselves. But me, no, I actually know this person. And I think mm -hmm. what that person would have preferred to spend a bit of, of money on would be things like experiences. Hmm. Um, and of course, on things like further education mm. as well. So 
I guess what the person is actually saying is investing in themselves mm. rather than investing in the financial markets or, or, or hoarding mm. money. I love that. I love that because you reap a lot, uh, you know, in your 30s and 40s from what you've done in your 20s and before. Um, and also, um, you're more likely, particularly if you're under 25, you're more likely to be, you know, a single individual, um, not have any dependencies and stuff. So that's a bit different when it comes to investing in yourself because you are thinking of your um, your future well-being at that time a bit more. Um, have you... Yeah off um you know before you've got some of those other responsibilities like a spouse or children absolutely yeah and, and this person has got um a partner and children so that makes sense as well yeah of course cool okay the next one we got is guarantee oh guaranteeing a loan oh i mean this one mm. this one is is intense it's deep <laughs> it's, man because it's, it's one it's of those so things where when you're doing it you're thinking this is all okay it's love man i got love for whatever such and such yeah. and you don't think of the worst this one was deep and I actually spoke to the uh, person who posted it for quite mm. a while trying mm. to get more detail. <laughs> um, I was being nosy. Mm. Um, but but yes, she she it was a she and she guaranteed a loan for uh, a boyfriend who mm. actually was also a fiance. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, that obviously well makes up it makes sense. That mm. no longer is the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, she loaned uh well, she guaranteed a loan and the, the partner wasn't paying. And of course, the thing about guarantees is if the person you've guaranteed is not paying, the guarantor, who is you, has to make that difference up. That's essentially what guaranteeing is. And sometimes as individuals, uh, we do make mistakes when we are infatuated with someone <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and uh, not just that but even with yeah. friends and stuff as well oh yeah absolutely um and and sometimes one of the difficulties um something i struggled with is, is setting those boundaries mm. uh with people um but you let me know your thoughts on this peter but i i, I have made a decision not to be a guarantor mm-hmm. um generally speaking now i know there's you know there's cases and and you know situations can occur that can change my viewpoint but generally speaking that's not something that i want to do mm. um and, and i say this because i believe generally when you are being a guarantor for someone my knowledge my financial knowledge t- is telling me that the bank don't even trust you so why should i mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right the bank doesn't trust you to make the repayments that you are asking for mm. and so if the bank don't trust you why should i mm. i think that's something that we definitely need to think about um so yeah uh it, it was a sad yeah. one it yeah. was a sad one because this also ended up in a breakup yeah right uh this person was a fiance um and i i hope she i hope she doesn't mind me saying this but it, it was a traumatic experience for her of course yeah. um and 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 it's something that she's still recovering from mm. in terms of trust mm. um and so that's something that's difficult peter it's difficult mm. because if a friend if you ask me to come and guarantee a loan for you i, I mean mm. i'll find it extremely difficult to say no mm. Um, in fact, the chances are I may, I may no, actually no, I'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't play out there. <laughs> but no, nah. I get you. I mean, you want to obviously it's just your people. You yeah. want to help them and stuff. But um, no, I mean it's it's one of those ones where you have to really strongly consider all avenues. Who that person is to you, you know. Yeah. Um, some people do not have a you know a life lifetime uh, connection to you yeah. um who who yeah and who they are how they go about 
their life finances but even that we know things like that can change and things can happen so it's just really really understanding where you yeah. are when it yeah. comes to, it's yeah. just not a light-hearted decision you can take baby. it's not it's not and and i have so much empathy for the young lady absolutely because this was someone who is your fiance i mean yeah I mean, come on this is someone you're, you're about to marry so why would you not guarantee a loan so it's a tough one it's a tough one and i, and I don't think i'll edit that bit out there say that again I said, I was about to say, you said, it's your fiance. Why would you not? Uh, I said, well, because they're not married. But I'll edit that bit out. Anyway. <laughs> well, I don't think you need to. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think you need that to. Person's I, not I, your I, husband or your, your, that person's not your wife. This is for anyone who's whatever. You're not there yet. If that not, makes do you know what? I, I totally agree. I mm. actually totally agree. Um, You're not married yet. So you're not joined legally. Um, And in the eyes of the Lord as well. So, mm. so I actually do agree. Um, but yeah, it is it, it is a difficult one, I guess. Um, and I think it's, it's it's something that we have to be very mindful of when it comes to guaranteeing loans. Mm. Deep, deep, and deep, and deep. by the way, Peter, she's not the only person I've actually come across who's told me a story like this. I know another young lady, and it does seem to be the ladies um who go through this. We done an episode, sim- not like exactly like this, but similar mm. where you know their boyfriend or whatever kind of dupe them a bit when with money and stuff but yeah oh yes yes i actually forgot about that episode that's probably who i'm speaking about yeah so it's not something that's you know uncommon it's something that happens and i think individuals need to be very mindful whether they are also being manipulated for money as well deep 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 um the next one are we definitely all fallen victim to this one (laughs) um trying to act rich when i was broke Oh, I mean, mate. I don't know what broke means, but you know, when we when we're trying to act something like something, we're not, man. Basically, you're trying to act like you know, you look like more than what you actually have. Let's One let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll be, I mean, I mean, that was me in my in my, in my early twenties. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the Gucci scarves and the Louis Vuitton glasses and the Prada clothes and hmm. a whole bunch of designer stuff. Yeah, I mean, look. It's difficult. Uh, I grew up in an environment and a culture where um, I listened to a lot of rap music mm. and uh, in order to fit in and uh, have a sense of belonging, I felt as if I needed to, of course, uh, spend a lot of money on designer items, which mm. formed or I believed formed my identity back then. Mm. Looking back, that's probably more of an identity crisis than anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think all of us, most of us are going through this sort of um experience and i think the key thing is to snap out of it um you know at some point uh you know when i was a child i spoke as a child i understood mm. as a child but mm. when i became a man i put away childish things so that's it man that's it man and learn to move into your own lane man as you grow up yeah yeah hmm. no i love that i love that this one uh this links to when i was talking about the Ponzi scheme but not having any guidance man yeah yeah, look, the, the truth of the matter is um, it's difficult to to do things when you don't have someone actually guiding you. Mm. Um, that's why I'm very big, extremely big on family enterprise. Mm. Um, ideally, two, you know, two parents, mother mm. and father, mm. father and mother, right? Mm. Male and female. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was just doing. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I, and I'm big on um, mentorship. Mm. I'm big on you know parents teaching their children things that they are not going to be taught in school. Mm. Um, in fact, sometimes things that you're teaching them at home, school is teaching them the opposite. Mm. 
So we want to make sure we establish foundations and, and cultures and value systems at home. Mm. And that, 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 yeah, and that starts at home. Mm. Uh, but even outside of that, you know, having a community that enforce belief systems mm. um, and having people that, you know, you can, you can, you know, outsource some of your um, guidance to as well. So, mm. you know, I grew up obviously wanting to work in finance, but I knew nobody. Mm. was working in finance or worked in the city um, and that made my journey more difficult than my counterparts mm. you know so so I can understand why a lot of people might have a bit of uh, resentment for not having a guidance because mm. that, that when you have guidance you can actually make decisions that um, allow you to leverage of that person's knowledge on that person's mm. guidance so yeah it's, it's not it's not it's not easy um, I think what's great now Peter um, is the fact that we live in an information age where mm. there's lots of information out there. Um, and if you follow the right people, you can actually get a lot of guidance, even on social media. Mm. So I guess that's, that's some, but you have to go looking for it. You have to go looking for it. Yeah, man, it's, it's deep, man. Guidance is so important. I think one of the risks and something that I definitely went through at a much younger stage in my life is if you don't feel like the guidance there, you feel like, okay, I'm just going to kind of do it by myself. Yeah. Um, and somehow I'm going to do this and somehow in five, 10 years, what see me, even though I don't know who those people are, when I say what see me, somehow we create something in our head, like we're going to show them, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to set up my business. I'm going to get involved in yeah. this. I'm going to get involved yeah. in that. But you're just going blindly, man, with no guidance um and it's, it's yeah, exhausting it crazy yeah. man exhausting. Yeah. exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting and you know having guidance can you know reduce the amount of time it takes to achieve something by mm. more than half mm. so you know what will take you 10 years if you go it alone uh may have taken you three years if you have some sort of guidance hmm. um yeah. and i and i and i always say one of my my biggest regrets so i actually this is not me who said it but i actually really um understand what this person is saying because I, I wish I had much more guidance growing up. Um is I've never had a I've never really had a mentor. Mm. Um and now in my early 30s I look back and realize that hey if I did have a mentor maybe I would have known the power of things like internships mm. and graduate schemes mm. and and voluntary work for mm. example right but um that sort of guidance and mentorship wasn't there but also from the right person hmm. and this is one of the reasons why we started woke finance because mm -hmm. there are many many people trying to you know teach financial education to the young people and, and we commend them and we respect them and we say thank you but sometimes they cannot relate and and what makes woke finance very different from any other organization that i have ever come across and i've come across many organizations mm is that we are very relatable and we really understand what young people from certain demographics and certain communities are going through. Um, and that's what makes us different. So we try to bridge that gap to not only just provide the education, but to also provide the mentorship as well. So important, man. So important. Now, thank you for that, Jax, man. Listen, uh, we got a couple more on the list. And again, a massive shout out to those that um submitted their responses, man. Um, We definitely appreciate it. But before we just go on to the next part of the list, we're just going to give a shout out to um a city or an area in the world where we are getting our listeners from. Um, And Jax, this area is called Weyburn, which is a city in Canada. 
Jeez, Canada. I'm not, I, I was going to say I've never been there, but I most definitely have. <laughs> I was in Canada back in 2018 uh, in the city of Toronto when our Raptors actually won um, the basketball competition. I'm not really a basketball fan, but it was still very lively back then. Peter, you're a basketball fan. I know you know what it is. What did they win? The Raptors Not beat really, Miami. no, not yeah. I don't watch much these days. Obviously, I played, but I don't watch much these days, man. Yeah, you were you were pretty good back in the days. I don't I know about was now. more than pretty good, but let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the World Finals Podcast. You're here with myself, Jax, and my co-host, my friend Peter. On this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about us and what we do, um, you can head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk. Again, that's www.walkfinance.co.uk. And make sure you sign up to our mailing list so you're kept up to date with all the great things that we are doing. And of course, um, get in touch with us as well. We are also on social media. We are mainly on Instagram. That will be at Walk Finance Team. Again, that's at Walk Finance Team. And we're also on LinkedIn. That will be just Walk Finance. So if you just search for Walk Finance, you are sure to find us. So yeah, I hope you are gaining tons of value and I hope you are enjoying the episodes. What I would also say actually is if you want to share some of your ideas, some of the things that you regret or are happy about when it comes to your personal finances, some of the great things that you did in your younger ages, then send it to send it over to us at info at walkfinance.co.uk. Again, that's Info at walkfinance.co.uk. Thank you very much, man. Massive shout out to our listeners there and all over the world. Jacks, man, we're going to wrap up now with a couple more that we've got. But this one is, um, as with all of these, some are um, fairly subjective and just personal to the individual. But this person said, paying for law school and not using my law qualification. Yeah, at first I actually double checked that it wasn't my wife who said that because <laughs> that's something that she 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 actually says, um, which is you know paying for any for, for any sort of kind of education or anything really, and not actually seeing the direct fruit of that investment can be quite frustrating. But you know, like I I, I told her, you know that experience, that journey that you went through, though it may not feel like it you know, is yielding the fruit that you thought it would yield, actually that experience and what you learned through that experience as well is actually going to serve you for the very long term. So I'm quite subjective with it. I think, yes, sometimes, you know, we we look back and we we notice that, hey, the money that we spent on education, whether it's going to university or any qualification, et cetera, may not seem to be worth it. I think the key thing is to try and understand um, and look to see the positives um, and understand that, look, don't be too uh, regretful. Um, at the time when you made a decision, you probably made is the decision which seemed wise at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't be so angry at yourself for not making for making that decision. Um, the key thing is to understand that hey, we we all go through trial and error sometimes, hmm. um, and sometimes it's great to know what you don't want to do. Yeah, um, and that's yep. that's really important. No, I love that. I love that. And you're so right. There's so many other things that you pick up. Through going to put through the process of education um so yeah no definitely agreed with that even just things like teamwork some of the soft skills um as well working to deadlines using your mind in a in a different way when you're doing assignments coursework all of that jazz so no i definitely agree with that i get it but i also agree that you know there is other um outcomes out of it as well yeah I mean, there's a saying that i picked up from uh a certain someone who who said you know all work works 
um every work that you do works because if it's not even working for you it's working on you um and i think that's a very profound statement Deep, 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 deep. Now, um, the final one that we had um on our list is not having an investment mindset. Jeez. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think hmm. I think, you know, again, this is very similar to uh what we talked about earlier. The first one I think was to do with compounding. Um, and not starting earlier. Um, you know, just not thinking about investing or not basically not. I think what a person meant by not having an investment mindset is understanding what investment is, which is basically sowing seeds that will yield um, higher returns for the future and maybe even into perpetuity, which means forever mm. kind of thing. And I think the terminology we tend to uh, talk about in this respect is delayed gratification, mm. because to make an investment, you need to remove instant gratification and replace that with delayed gratification mm. and you know it makes sense because you know if you are in your 30s 40s or whatever you can look back and realize that if you had done some things earlier right and invested earlier you may actually be seeing some of that fruit of investments today mm. already mm. kind of thing so yeah very 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 important to have that investment mindset um I and I, I, yeah go on I was going to say, what's really important, the bit that this is here, so having an investment mindset, um, it might not actually always mean that maybe in your 20s you did something about it. But guess what? By the time you're 30, it's such a norm to you. So when you are doing something, it's not such a big thing. So, for example, Jax, I, I'm speaking uh, to someone who's in their mid 30s and they want to only now start investing, but they know nothing about investing. So right now it's such a big thing for them. Um, yeah. in terms of what does this mean what does that mean what does etf means what's the yeah. Yeah. what does uh, is the stocks and shares the same all of those stuff but had they just started learning and developing that mindset back in their 20s and even younger if they wanted to start now in their mid 30s it would be like yep i'm gonna do this because i've been lowering this for 10 years yeah yeah and look investing is not even just investing money it's like mm -hmm, you said it's, mm -hmm. it's investing in, in education and investing mm -hmm. in any, anything really good habits because compound is all about consistency and commitment and doing it over a long period of time. Hmm. So, you know, sometimes I, I even shock myself how much I know when it comes to finance or, or investment, hmm. because I started this journey almost a decade ago hmm. and I've been consistent with it on a day-to-day -day basis, learning new concepts, hmm. you know, and of course working in the field helps out as well. Hmm. It gets to a point where actually, you know, quite a lot because that compounding has taken place. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you're, you're right. The earlier you start, you know, the better, because when you first start, it's going to be difficult and you're not mm. going to see the fruit straight away, just like any form of journey. Mm. When you first start, the end seems very far away. But, you know, and, and it may be difficult, like like you're saying, Peter, when you first start, you know, a 16 year old trying to learn what, what an ETF is, you know, or what a dividend is, is, is at first it can seem quite alien to them, right? But as they stick with it and they continue to go on that journey and they surround themselves with the right people, and of course they listen to the World Finance podcast, over time they start to capture all the concepts and every next thing that they learn becomes easier, kind of thing. So that's one way we can think about the investment mindset is about exchanging our money and our time for things that are valuable that is going to earn a return for us in the future and grow that return over time as well. Love that, love that, love that, man. So now, thanks for that, Jax, and a massive shout out to all of those that um submitted their list. Now, Jax, I'm going to ask you before I let you go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not already on this list, what one um financial regret do you have? Uh, financial regret. 
So um, now I've spoken about one or two already um, in historic episodes when I talked about investing in an asset that I believed in and then be talked out of it and then losing out on 400% of returns. Mm. So uh, listeners will know that, I, that that was Tesla, uh, Tesla stock, uh, for example. Uh, happens, the flip man. side to that. <laughs> yeah the flip side to that as well is also investing in a company and thinking it's a great company and mm -hmm. not having the time and diligence to stick with the company or what i mean by that is actually follow uh, the company very closely to know when things were going pear-shaped mm -hmm. and then of course that company went bankrupt mm -hmm. as well so um in terms of investment finance those are the mistakes that i think i've made that i don't regret it but those are the financial mistakes that are annoying mm, <laughs> and i said i don't regret annoying. it yeah they're annoying and i said i don't regret it because they are lessons learned hmm. um and I, I think it's great to learn lessons at, at such a young age um and all these lessons were made before before my 30s or before mm. before um, i got married for example mm. so you know it's, it's it's actually a learning curve for me and i don't regret it but it's annoying <laughs> no i totally <laughs> but, yeah that. Yeah, and um, and I, th I think like everybody, you know, you know, not starting earlier. I, I I wish I was introduced to the concept of personal finance, uh, wealth building, um, the mindset from from the day I was born, um, because you know some of my decisions would have been different, um, and of course I would have been in a much stronger, let's say, financial position. But again, I don't like to use the term regret. Um, I think with life uh we go through life and we, we make mistakes and you know we are dealt a pack of cards um but it's up to us to use what we are dealt to yield a return i'm a huge uh fan of um a scripture in the bible in matthew chapter 25 that talks about the talents um you know when god what god gives us um in the form of, of talent or even money as well because talent is actually money the parable uh it's up to us to use those uh provisions to actually execute and actually yield a return. And I think I've done that pretty well. So I don't have too many regrets. Hmm. How about you? You're not going to get away. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get away. I think very quickly. My, I mean, it's an annoying regret. I mean, although, you know, one can't predict the future as well, but I'll definitely say probably just on a mortgage and not fixing longer. And yes, people can say, <clears throat> yeah, but you can't tell the future. But what I can say is that, you know, when I did fix, interest rates were extremely low. I mean, how low was it going to ever get? So mm. I'll definitely say that's definitely, you know, um, a, a, a regret or a learning as well. Yeah. Um, not fixing for much longer. You know what? I think everybody who didn't fix regrets, that including myself as well. Um, oh, I, I mean, it was ridiculously low. Well, yeah. I mean, but, what do you think is going to happen? That, well, absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, what, what I say to people is, um, when we talk about regrets, I think the key thing is to backtrack and go to the period where we were making decisions and ask ourselves why we made those decisions or why mm, we didn't. Mm. So, so it is one of the things that I regret as well. Now that I'm paying more than double in terms of mm. the percentage, um, but I had the plan to remortgage and to pull out equity and to use that to buy an investment property. Mm. So I didn't want to fix for too long mm. at that time, and I, and of course we couldn't tell where the interest rates were going. But I didn't know they were going to. Nobody knew, and it's unprecedented that the interest yeah. rates were going to shoot up and shoot up that quickly and go that high. So it's actually very unfortunate, and it's, it was very unlikely to happen. We we didn't know that we were going to go through a, a period of um, extreme inflation that's been the highest and has grown for over forty years. But it's still, what's that word? Annoying. Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it, man. I love this episode, man. And yeah, it's always good. It's a good uh, 
conversation to reflect as well and reflect on those learnings but also for our listeners man um some of our listeners just might not have been exposed to most of the things that we're speaking about um because they've not gone through and maybe it's going to help people avoid getting um, into it as well so no I, I love it man it's been a really good conversation yeah, I think, like I said earlier, um, these type of uh, episodes, it's not doom and gloom. Um, we, mm -hmm. we, are, we are all learning. Um, and let's be honest, 30s, we're still very young, guys. We're, we're very young. So it's good to have learned some of these lessons. Um, keyword is lesson. And we move forward uh, as we continue on our personal finance journeys. We, we know better and we will do better. Absolutely, man. That's for us too and each and every one of our listeners and everyone else on the personal finance journey. Jack's always a pleasure until the next time and for our listeners remember all stay, stay woke